0: Good morning, Central Church. How are you? Fantastic. Jesus is in this room here right now. The Comforter is here. The the Healer is here. The Restorer is here. So I don't know what your need is this morning, but he's in this place. He's ready to minister to you and in your life. So welcome this morning. Good to see you. If you're watching us online this morning, uh, whether that's on Facebook Live or our website or on the Fox Network, God bless you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Hey men, last week I mentioned a a men's growth opportunity called Disciples Made uh, and I challenge you men to to consider it and to get involved. It it focuses on a couple of things. One is gaining meaningful relationships with other men and the other is getting you into scripture and into the basic spiritual disciplines to grow in your faith. Um, There's some men at a table outside in our our main hallway there that would love to talk to you more about what that means. If you want to ask some questions, please... Afterwards, find them and talk to them about it. Let's pray this morning. God, we praise you this morning for your goodness. We thank you. You are here in this room. You're, you're with those that are watching online this morning. And you are real and you are powerful. And we need you today. So Holy Spirit, work in our lives. Bring the, the comfort, the strength, the, the power, the healing, the, the restoration that we need in our lives today, Lord, to, to make us more like you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. All right, so we are, we've been in a series in the Gospel of John called The Life. It's a study in that Gospel. We're gonna push the pause button on that. We're gonna jump back into that next week. I wanna talk for a few minutes this morning on Jesus and his disciples. And I need you to help me out this morning. We're gonna take a little survey. So I need you to take out your phones, okay? We're gonna do a survey online this morning. So, and and if if kids are with your parents, parents make sure it's okay for them to go on the internet and do this right now. But um, take out your phone, get your camera, and scan this QR code and and a link will pop up. You tap on that link and it'll take you to some questions I'm gonna ask you this morning. So take out your phones, scan that QR code, I think if you're out in the, in the lobby, I think you, because you're within our, our Internet, you can do it you can do it as well. Just take a picture of that QR code, and we'll get started here in just a second. The, the, the first question is just a warm-up question. It's just kind of a fun quote. Believe it or not, it has something to do with tacos. I know you can't believe that. All right, first question is, if you can have only one type of taco chicken, carnitas, carnizada or fish, what do you choose? You only get one. Go ahead log it in what's your favorite taco which one are you choosing tim hart what are you choosing just tacos got to pick one man come on be decisive chicken weak all right all right okay like the eight o'clock service had a hundred people and they were over a hundred by this time come on get let's go up in the right hand corner we can see how many people have voted there we go. There we go. It's not loading? All works too slow. I'm sorry. If you want to tra- move over to AT&T, that, that might help you. Um, if, you're on, if you're on Verizon, I'm sorry. All right. Well, that's fantastic. we got 170. And it's, if you still want to take a picture of that, you can. Or what, Danny, what's the website? The the direct direct website? Oh, there you go, good. You you can just go right there. You don't have to uh, scan the barcode. Okay. All right, here we go. Chicken, carnitas, carne asada, fish. What was your taco of choice? Oh, carne asada, yeah. And then Tim Hart and his group chose chicken, Uh, fish, and carnitas, pork, okay. All right, so now you've got the hang of it. Look at that, 225 people. You're doing great. All right, the next question. I'm talking about Jesus and his disciples today. So which of the following is not, is not a name of one of Jesus' 12 disciples? He was, this is an imposter. There's an imposter in this group. Is it Bartholomew, Andrew, Bartimaeus, or John? Which was not a disciple, one of Jesus' 12 disciples? Go ahead. Don't say it out loud. What's the fun of the... You know what, ushers, would you escort her out right now? (laughs) Kidding, just kidding. All right. All right, you're doing good. Perfect. All right. Let's go ahead and and give your answers. Oh, the imposter is is Bartimaeus, so 73% of you were right. The rest of you, just get your Bible and read the New Testament a little bit more. (laughs) Figure this out. All right, here's a question I really wanna get to this morning. The question is this. If you were going to form an executive board to lead an organization that was going to have global impact, in other words, you were going to change the world, from which age group would you primarily choose your people? You're you're putting a group of leaders together to change the world. Would it be 13 to 19-year-old people? 30-somethings, 40-somethings, or 50-plus. If you were going to put a team, a board together that had global impact, I mean, they're gonna change the world, but you could only draw primarily from one of those age groups, Which, which group would it be? Go ahead. Oh, wow, look how fast you are. Oh, look at you guys, you're fantastic. Okay, you're going to change the world with a group of people from a certain age demographic. What did you say? 30-somethings. That's pretty consistent with the the last service. And then 13 to 19-year-olds, 40-somethings, and nobody wants me. Okay. (laughs) I'm worthless, essentially, in trying to change the world. Nobody wants the old guys, old people. We're, we're, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so which of those groups would Jesus choose? No, no, that's no, not a question. Look at you going on your phone. There's no there's no question. I'm just asking you which group of people, 13 to 19, 30-somethings, 40-somethings or senior folks that have wisdom and maturity. That's the one right there how old were Jesus disciples the the Bible doesn't say but there's enough information in the New Testament where we can get a really good idea how old the disciples of Jesus were I shared a few weeks ago about the the Talmud, which was the Jewish system the rabbinical system of discipleship so rabbis would select disciples to follow them between the ages of 13 and 15 between the ages of 13 and 15 they would they would be connected with a rabbi and then from ages 15 to 30 they would be trained at age 30 they could become a rabbi no no rabbi ever chose disciples younger than themselves i'm sorry older than themselves they always chose younger disciples jesus was 30 years old when he chose his disciples which means all of the disciples were at least under 30 right We can get more specific than that. Uh, Most Jewish young men got married between the ages of 15 or 16 and early 20s. That was sort of the range. Peter is the only disciple that we know of that was married, um, which means he was probably uh, pushing late teens, early 20s. The rest, we don't know that they were married. Most of them probably were not. Um, We can be more specific. Uh, when, when the authorities, the Jewish authorities came to, to Peter and asked if, if Jesus paid the temple tax, Peter went to Jesus and said, Master, do, do, do we pay the temple tax? And Jesus said, yes, that's where he said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and, and, and to God the things that are God's. So, so he said to Peter, go to the lake the Sea of Galilee and, and throw a line into the, into the lake and the first fish that you catch open its mouth and, and in the fish's mouth is going to be four drachma, which would have paid for two people's temple tax, Jesus and Peter. In Exodus chapter 30, it says that the only people that paid temple tax were people 20 years old and up. So it's, it appears that the only disciple of Jesus that needed to pay the temple tax was Peter which means Peter was probably the only disciple over 20 years old. There's a story of two of the disciples, James and John, who were brothers. And and their mother went to Jesus and said, Jesus, I want want my sons, one to sit at your left hand and one to sit at your right hand in your kingdom. Now if mama is going to bat for you, you're probably not a 25 or 30 year old guy. (laughs) We can be pretty convinced that, that other than Peter, The disciples of Christ were probably 15 to 19 years old when Jesus chose them because Jesus saw investing in the next generation as a key to global mission. Would you have? Would you have invested in that group of people? See, the the problem is for some reason, whether it's reading the New Testament or reading extra biblical material or looking at artwork, we tend to think that the disciples were much older, right? So let's look at a little bit of classic art to see how other people, in, in days gone by, how they thought the disciples were. That dude on the left, he would not have been chosen by Jesus. he's the meanest man in the world. I, I have no And then the guy on the right, I don't know if he's dead or alive. So he's on his last breath. It looks like he has a nose ring, though. I can't really tell what's going on there. But look at him. right? Classic art. let's go to the next one. A couple of the ladies are there, but look at these guys. Look at their beards. Some of the Jesus disciples couldn't even shave, and yet we depict them with these long beards. And then the next one, this is classic art, a little bit younger. The guys on the right, the two guys on the right, they don't even look. They they know what they're doing there. But older guys. Um, Jesus, when he wanted to change the world, chose teenagers. Again, would you have? Now, the thing about, about Jesus is he, he knew going in the challenges of working with young people. He, he wasn't naive about that. He wasn't naive about, about the fact that, that there are, parents, do you know what I'm talking about? There, there are challenges working with young people and helping them come to maturity in God. And Jesus knew that, but that, that did not detour him from investing in the next generation. From, from selecting from that age group to change, to change the world. So what I wanna do this morning is I wanna talk about, about five tendencies or challenges in working with young people that Jesus encountered. And I call these, are you kidding me moments? When, when Jesus would in, encounter something in, in one of his disciples or all of the disciples and just go, are you kidding me? Like, what were you thinking when you did that? Now, parents, you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. If you have a teenager, like, like what in the world? Now, let me just say this. If your kids are under five, just enjoy this season in life because they worship you still. But that's going to change. There's going to come a day when they don't worship you anymore. and It gets hard and challenging to guide them toward maturity. Five things I think are true in young people that Jesus encountered. The first is this. Most young people, not all young people, most young people lack self-awareness. Most young people lack self-awareness. That is is an accurate understanding of their ability. They, They overestimate their capacity for things. Young people do. So Jesus is with his disciples. The night before he's gonna go to the cross, he's at an intimate dinner with them called the Passover meal. And he shares with his 12 disciples at that meal, one of you is going to betray me. And Peter's like, dude, not me. There there is no, here's the story. Luke 22, Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Now, if you looked at that same story in Matthew's version, in Matthew 26, after Peter says that, all the disciples go, yeah, we're in. Yeah, Jesus. None of us would do that. None of us would betray you. Let's go on. But Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, can you go back? You're going a little, I'm 60 years old. Like, I'm, in that, I'm in the age group nobody wanted, so slow, slow down a little bit. But Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you. But Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today. The, the day's not going to be over until you have denied three times that you know me. Now, if you know that story... You know that the the night that Jesus was tried unfairly by the Jewish council, uh, Peter was tagging along behind and he went into the courtyard and a teenage girl confronts Peter and says, you're one of them. You you were with Jesus, you're you're one of his disciples. And that's when Peter denies Jesus three times. Jesus is sitting sitting there thinking to himself, yeah, right. Peter, a teenage girl is gonna make you tap out tonight. A teenage girl is gonna put the beat down on you tonight. You're gonna be so intimidated by this young girl that you're gonna deny me three times. Peter, you have no idea who you are. No idea your capacity for pressure and intimidation. You you lack self-awareness. Now, parents, you've experienced this because your kids have come to you and they've said, can we have a pet? And you're like, no. And they're like, please, please. And, And you say, Who's going to take care of the pet? And they say what? We will. I will. We we all will. We'll pitch in. And you're thinking there is no possible way you are going to take care of this pet. But you think, okay, we'll go along with it. And so you get get the dog. You get the puppy. You bring the puppy home. Three weeks later, who's walking the puppy and who's cleaning up its mess? You are. You are. Lack of self, I, yeah, I can do that, I, I, I promise I'll do that. No, no idea what it's gonna take, and they're, they're not able to do that. So a few weeks ago, my, my wife, Shirlene, and I were down in Texas with our, our uh, family and our grandkids, Tyler and Lexi. Tyler is 12 and Lexi's 10. So we took them out to breakfast. We go out to breakfast. Tyler's 12 years old, he old, ordered like the farmer's breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> with all kinds of sides. I mean, they didn't even have room on the table for all the food that they brought in. Well, Lexi's not gonna be outdone, she's 10, and she orders the, this, this mambo breakfast burrito. It's bigger than her arm. There it is, right there. Now, what she's holding in her hand, she didn't even take a bite out of. The, the little bit on her plate, she, she took a couple of bites. We're like, we're like, Lexi, are you sure you can eat that much before she ordered? Yeah, 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 I can. She ate nothing, no self-awareness at all and we're just so we're the suckers in this like our kids totally took advantage of us in that whole deal Tyler ate most of it but she, she ate not so much another thing that, that young people lack most young people lack is focus focus they, they don't always pay attention they, they don't always listen right they don't they don't they don't always get it right so Jesus had taken Peter, James, and John, which were his kind of inner circle of three of the disciples, he took them with him up on a mountain and he revealed his glory to them. It's uh, Matthew 17 where Moses appears and Elijah appears with Jesus and it's this glorious moment. And then they come down from the mountain. The other disciples were in the valley and this dad had brought his demon-possessed son to the disciples to cast the demon out. Now Jesus had done this with them jesus had taught them about the authority that they have in christ and and taught them about casting out demons and evil spirits and they had watched jesus do it and jesus had had taught them and 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 had them do it with him so this wasn't something new so they're coming down the mountain and here's the story the disciples couldn't cast the demon out jesus said to them you faithless people he's talking to the disciples not the crowd you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long do I have to put up with you? Are you kidding me? Another are you kidding me moment with Jesus. Like, like we've talked about this, were you listening? Were you watching? Were you paying attention when I went over this with you? How, how, bring the boy, to bring him to me. And Jesus casts the demon out and shows them again how to, how to do that. But there, there's a lack of focus, a lack of paying attention to things. So. So I'm a middle schooler, I'm in middle school, and the neighbor across the street invites me over and says, we, we, we want you to, if you'd like to, to babysit our 18-month-old son, Tyson. I'm like, I got this, absolutely. So she, she, she took me into the kitchen, and she told me what I would feed him and how to get that food ready, how to, how to warm up the milk so that it wasn't too hot and all of that, pre-microwave, by the way. Some of you guys are like, what? you lived before the microwaves yeah i did that's why nobody wants me in their group is because i'm pre-microwave and so she 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 took me into the nursery and she she showed me how to change a diaper she she took it off and she said okay now you you, uh, you take the washcloth they didn't have disposable wipes those were good days weren't they when you wipe the bottom with a a washcloth instead of a disposable so cleaned him up then she said now if he has a diaper rash this is the ointment that you put on the diaper rash and then after he's all cleaned up and dry then you put powder on him baby powder on him and then you put the diaper on cloth diaper with pins pre-huggy days so um, I'm, I'm good so she, she leaves me to babysit him, and sure enough, he, he, he messes up his diaper, and so I take it all off, do everything, I think, that she told me to do, and then it's time to, to, to put the diaper back on. I'm like, wait, wait, there's something else. What else? Oh, the white powder, the white powder. and to grab the baby powder off the shelf, and it's empty. So I said, it's just white powder. So go into the kitchen, right, and get some white flour which is the same as baby powder. Far as I'm concerned, I thought that's what she said, just some white powder, dry him up, put it on. So I put the, the, the enriched wheat flour on him, put the diaper back on. And, and I'm convinced that the next time he peed, when she took it, his butt was glued together. Because that's what flour and water does. It creates paste. Focus, she had to just go, are you kidding me? Like, what are you thinking? And Jesus' disciples did stuff like that. The, the, the third thing that most young people lack is, is a good work ethic, a good work ethic. They'd rather have pleasure now than, than delayed gratification. And so Jesus' disciples didn't have that great of a work ethic. So again, the night before Jesus is crucified, he takes Peter, James, and John with him to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and he asks them to pray with him. Can you watch and pray? And here's what happened. He returned to the disciples and he found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray, so that you will not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is What an understatement that is for teenagers. Spirit's willing but the flesh is weak. So couldn't you, Are really seriously? Like I'm at my worst point, I'm I'm at my greatest point of suffering as the Messiah and you you can't just keep praying, standing and watching for this this period of time. So the the University of Iowa did a research study with um, adolescents and with adults. They took 40 kids between the ages of 13 and 16 and then 40 adults between the ages of 20 and 35. And they took them through two tests. Uh, they wanted to find out their, their um, attentiveness and, and ability to stay focused. So the first screen had a bunch of circles and they, they, had to, they had to pick out colored circles. And if they did, there was a monetary reward if they picked the right color circles. They would actually pay them. The next test, before they took the next test, they said, um, color doesn't mean anything in this test. We're looking for something else. And so ignore the color. It doesn't mean anything. Well, they, they showed the same kinds of circles and they showed the same colors. The adults all moved on. The 20 to 30, they, they all moved on. They didn't, they didn't you know, they, they played the game correctly. They did the test right. And they found the new thing that they were looking for. But the 13 to 16-year-olds, continued to pick the same colored circles that they picked when they got a reward because they wanted the reward even though it wasn't a reward anymore, something that used to be a reward, they wanted to be a reward. Um, So one of the, Brian Anderson, one of the psychologists at Johns Hopkins University said, the study demonstrates that the attention of adolescents is especially drawn to rewarding information. They they wanna be rewarded now. They don't want delayed gratification. They would rather be in the moment, finding something fun and rewarding to do than having to put that off. Parents, this this is why teaching your children delayed gratification is so crucial in their lives because it's not natural for them. They want pleasure now. When when they're dating and when they're thinking about getting married, they wanna have SEX now. They don't wanna have to wait. We have to teach them the joy and the benefit and the reward of waiting, working hard now so that you can reap the benefits in the future right so that's why when you when you ask your child you want them to clean their room and you walk in and there's clothes everywhere on the floor there's stuff stuffed under the beds the closet's a mess and you go in there and you say we're gonna clean this up today I want you to pick all the clothes off the floor I want you to put them in the hamper we're gonna wash do laundry today I want you to clean your closet out I want you to go into the bed and pull all that stuff out put it where it goes and clean your room And so you leave them and shut the door and you come back an hour later and what are they doing they're sitting on the floor leaning against their bed reading a book why because when they started cleaning out from under their bed they found a book that they hadn't read in like a year and it was way more fun to read that book again than to clean their room right sometimes young people lack a work ethic and jesus ran into that those those are you kidding me you couldn't stay awake for an hour. What is wrong with you? Well, young people, most young people, also lack common sense. Shocker, shocker, they lack common sense. So this, this story, this is a mind blower to me because the disciples had walked with Jesus for almost three years, okay? They're, they're gonna go to Jerusalem the, the, the cross is imminent. I mean, Jesus is, is going to... Now, here's, let's look at the story. As the time drew near for Jesus to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was going to Jerusalem. Now, time out here. The Samaritans believed that God wanted the temple to be on Mount Gerizim, the Jews believed that the, ma- that the temple was supposed to be in Jerusalem. So there's this conflict of understanding religiously between Samaritans and Jews. So they're going to Jerusalem and the Samaritans aren't going to accommodate them because they didn't recognize them. When, J- when James and John, two of Jesus' key disciples saw this, they said to Jesus, "'Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up?' Okay, you, you think about that for a minute. Dude, we can like blow them up. Let's torch them. Jesus, this, this version, Luke just says, Jesus just turned and rebuked them. Other version says, Jesus, <laughs> literally, Jesus said to them, what spirit are you of? That's what he said. What, what, is, what are you thinking? You've been with me this long you know that that i'm the messiah i came with compassion i came with forgiveness i came with mercy to save humanity you're like dude let's blow them up (laughs) are you kidding me what have we been walking through for three years so i'm in middle school glory days for me and my, my best friend bobby and i played golf and and the driver golf club is the one that hits the ball the farthest so we would go into Bobby's front lawn and we'd get our drivers out and there was a, an apartment building across the street that was two, two a, a two-story apartment complex and the, the goal was can we drive the golf ball over the apartment complex <laughs> okay so we would tee it up in the front yard and we would drive it and 75 percent of the time it hit the apartment complex <laughs> it didn't make it over but What was on the other side of the apartment complex? People, houses, cars, a busy street. And we are driving golf balls into a metropolis. So here's what we would do. Parents, please tell your kids not to do this. We would drive the golf ball. If it made it over, we'd go and listen. What are we listening for? Broken windows, people falling over dead that got hit in the head, hitting cars, accidents, (laughs) screeches. Are you kidding me? Who does that? Dude, let's blow them up. Right? Sometimes young people lack common sense in their life. Didn't detour Jesus. Jesus knew that was coming and he still invested in them to change the world. Would you have? Wow. And the last thing I want to say is, is, is most young people lack humility. Most young people lack humility. And what that means is they, they sometimes think they're the smartest kid in the room. They, they sometimes think, oh, you've got that kid, okay. <laughs> They, they, they have this conversation and, and suddenly, they, remember, remember when I said if your kids are under five, enjoy that time? Because pretty soon you get, you get dumber and dumber and they get smarter and smarter. And pretty soon they're the, they're the smartest person in the room. And Jesus' disciples, listen, look at this story. Let's go back, there we go. The disciples began to argue among themselves with Jesus there about who would be the greatest like that is so foreign to the teaching of Jesus he's going to explain that in just a second like, like Jesus I, I'm on the starting team right they're, they're, they're going to ride the bench right like I'm the star of the show right like like really dude who's, who's bigger right here who's got the bigger bite who's faster which of us is the greatest and Jesus says in this world the kings and great men lorded over their people yet they are called Uh, friends of the people, but among you it's going to be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like the servant. Are you stinking kidding me? I've called you to be the greatest servants of all. I've modeled to you. I've washed your feet. I've served you. I've served people tirelessly. And you're asking yourselves, who's going to be the greatest? Why did Jesus pick them? why did jesus go with teenagers why did he do that knowing what he was going to get knowing he was going to have these guys talking about who's the greatest let's blow them up all of these things because he knew a day was coming when they would get it he knew a day was coming when the holy spirit was going to reveal to them the truth and it did matthew chapter 16. Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Who who am I? And I have to believe he's just going, please, 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 please. This has to be the day. This has to be the day when they recognize. And Peter said, Oh, I'm sorry, they, they replied, the disciples said, some say that you're John the Baptist raised from the dead. Some say you're Elijah the great prophet raised from the dead. Some say that you're Jeremiah raised from the dead or, or just one of the great prophets. And Jesus flips the conversation and he says to them, who do you say that I am? Please, 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 please get this right. And Peter said, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus replied and said, you are blessed, Simon son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human brain. Your pea brain teenage mind didn't get this on its own. The Holy Spirit told you that. The Holy Spirit revealed you that. Now, when he said, put that scripture back up, when Jesus said, blessed are you, where are we, there we go, you are blessed, Simon son of John. If you look in the Greek, the original Greek language, it literally says, That's what I'm talking about, that's what it says in the Greek. (laughs) He's been praying and waiting and investing and teaching and leading and suddenly they get it. Peter says, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God and he says, that's what I'm talking about. Why did Jesus invest in a bunch of teenagers? Because he knew the day was going to come when all of those moments of, are you kidding me, was going to turn into, that's what I'm talking about. And so it will be with your young people. As you pray, as you teach, as you lead, as you model, as you deal with all of the are you kidding me moments, the moment is coming when you say thank you God. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I've been praying for and hoping for in my kids. They would have that moment. That's why Jesus invested in them. He knew the time was coming when things would change and that they would change the world. So what happened? Jesus dies. He's resurrected. He's with the disciples for a little bit of time and then he leaves. And he goes back to heaven. And 12, 11 teenagers and one 20-something guy Changed the world. Church exploded under their leadership. Can you imagine? Teenagers. Jesus invests his life into 12 kids and they go out and revolutionize the world. A movement that hasn't stopped since. Millions and millions of people added because Jesus invested in 12 kids would you have which group would you you wouldn't I know you didn't choose me but which would you have chosen to change the world so we here at Central we have we have three initiatives that we believe God has called us to and we believe every person that calls Central their home needs to be involved in one of these three initiatives one is we believe God has called us to change a nation the nation of Ethiopia we have a team there right now going to do vacation bible school for hundreds of ethiopian kids maybe you have a heart for the nations maybe you have a heart for global ministry and mission maybe that's the area that you get involved with that initiative we also believe that god has called us to reach the least of these in in our city so we've planted a church in the Pettigrew heights area of downtown sioux falls and we're do, they're doing a great job down there I mean you heard some announcements this morning about opportunities you could get involved in in helping that church to create a spiritual community and do community development help release people from the cycle of poverty in our backyard maybe that's your heart and your passion our third initiative is called next gen in ten We wanna reach the next generation for Christ. That is those from birth to 25 years old, them and their families with the love of Jesus Christ and train them and equip them to change the world. We believe that's Jesus' model. We believe that's Jesus' strategy. Which of those are you involved with? You come here week after week and we have great worship and we get into the presence of the Lord and hopefully we have good teaching and you walk out of here feeling full, feeling like, yeah, God really challenged me. But what are you doing with it? And one of the things that you could do is make an investment here at Central in the next generation. That that might be in in early childhood, that might be in elementary age, children's ministry, maybe middle school or student ministries, middle school or high school, maybe college kids, maybe young adults. There's an opportunity for us to do what Jesus did and that is invest in the next generation. What, what, What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? As we think about the nearness of the Lord's coming, how are you investing to either globally or locally or in the lives of the next generation, changing the world for Christ? That's what we're about as a church. It's not about coming and getting a good feeling on on weekends. It's about coming and getting a good feeling and getting good training and going out and changing the world for Jesus. So this morning, the emphasis is on next gen. And, and out in Grand Central we have, um, we have tables and there's a, a wheel you can spin. If you just go out there and you say, I'm, I'm interested, give me a little more information. You get, you get gifts, all kinds of gifts, just for going out there spinning the wheel. There's a, there's a picture, a, a sports card of a college basketball player, really good looking guy, I don't know who it is, but you might win that. Just go out and talk to him, say I'm interested, tell me a little bit more about children's ministry or student ministries or college ministry. I wanna be one who invests In the next generation, there's a a QR code in your bulletin, and we're putting it up here right now. If you want to just take a picture of that or or scan it, we will contact you. But I want you to go out to the tables and talk to some real people as well. Would you stand with me this morning? Take a step. Do something with your faith. Change a nation. Change a neighborhood. Or change a generation. You pick. You pray. God, thank you this morning for your wisdom, which is so far beyond ours, to think that you chose teenagers, knuckleheads, people that were, lacked common sense, self-awareness, humility, to invest in them, to shape them and mold them, to equip them, to send them out to radically transform people. Oh, God, let us have your heart. Let us have your mind in your name. Amen. This morning, if you need prayer for anything, unrelated to what I'm saying or or whatever, we've got folks that want to just pray for you. Don't leave here this morning. If you need prayer for a burden in your life or someone that you care about, come forward, pray with them. Otherwise, have an amazing Sunday. God bless you.